The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. How much is that dog Zoe in the window? A late red card and penalty see Florian overcome. Perth Red Star and extend their lead at the top while Ruby, 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 Ruby Walsh stars in Subiaco's second win of the season against Curtin on Friday night. We'll talk about all that and more with our very, very special guest, John O'Reilly, on this week's Perth Football Podcast. And welcome once again to the Perth Football Podcast. I'm Sean Fry, your host as per usual. To my right is producer Kalichi. Say hello, Kalichi, to the adoring fans. Hello to the adoring fans. And say hello to everybody else, which I think is most people. And hello to, to everybody else as well, and everybody. Across from you, the greatest man, Josh Chiat. How are you, Josh? I don't know how long we can get that, that name going. One of the other coaches down at Forestfield is... Perpetually calling me the world's greatest man now every single time. He, like he calls it out across the parking lot. It's so embarrassing. I'm just waiting for Nova to come back in the studio so he can really get his goat on about There's it. There's worse things to be called. What's the worst thing you've been called, John O'Reilly? Oh, there's, there's a lot of things. Get ready on the beep, Kalichi. There's been a lot of things I've been called. I don't know if uh, are we after the watershed. Can I talk about? Uh, I was I was going to say you may be usurped as the greatest man, certainly in this booth, because John O'Reilly, head coach of Armadale, is in. John, thank you so much for coming in and joining us. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. We know you're always a uh, a huge proponent of spreading the word, and you love the game. And do you do anything else? Because you've just got off the phone to another uh, football show, and now you're in talking more football. And I assume you've got training a few times a week. Yeah, look, it's uh, football consumes a lot of my my hours of the of the week, obviously with my job as well. So um, yeah, there needs to be a passion there, otherwise I'd uh, I'd be going mental. But um, my wife brings me back down to earth, and uh, yeah, tells me to uh, get off the phone pretty regularly. Keeps you in line when you need exactly. to. Well, someone's got to do it. Uh, we're also joined over the phone. Speaking of phone calls, uh, were we speaking of phone calls? So I'll just make that up. Tommy Dolman. Happy Monday, everybody. Geez, I love this time of year. Start of July, a couple of weeks before the Cup weekend and the Australia Cup round of 32 and you start to really see where the uh, the movers and shakers are coming from in the league. And it's, uh, it's a little bit hard to suss out, isn't it? Because it's so tight. It I is. can't remember a season as tight as this. You reckon you love football, John? Yeah. What about this guy? Oh, Tommy's the man, isn't he? <laughs> hey? He knows everything. He certainly does. Uh, now, look, since we've got you here... Uh, Let's talk Armadale first and foremost. It's been a pretty remarkable first half of the season. I think you, if you could be where you are now, at, if you were offered that at the start of the year, you would have bit someone's hand off for it to be in the round of 32 Australia Cup, Cup final here. Uh, you know, you've had a, a little blip recently against Perth, but I think that's probably off the back of, of quite a, you know, Kalichi said when we were talking about it the other week that it was maybe just a bridge too far with all those Australia Cup games. You said yourself they were the main focus. and But, but other than that, your league form had been turning around as well. You must be pretty happy with where you are. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fantastic journey so far. Uh, myself and all the players were enjoying the ride and um, yeah, we seem to be, we seem to have got ourselves into a bit of a, a bit of a momentum and I think this year the um, the mentality of the team is starting to change. Uh, it wasn't there at the start of the year. This is something that we've been working on over the year. And I think the main thing was trying to, myself included, trying to take away the such highs you get from winning a game. Um, I've spoken to a lot of coaches who, who are very successful in, uh, in Perth, such as your Ramon, Chris Coins, etc. And one thing they've always said to me, like, you know, winning doesn't need to be this massive, massive thing. And, and when all of a sudden you realise that just winning games is is the norm, it's what you're expected to do in your job, that um, if you can take away that massive high and just bring it back down to a normal level, that's the start of being able to get consistency because you are not you don't have these like massive uh, highs and lows each week. Yeah, it works both ways too, doesn't it? Because if you're not yeah. getting as excited, as as elated and about every single win, then obviously when you miss out on that, you're not as dejected either. Yeah, that's right. You got to keep well. You got to keep a level head. At the end of the day, there's, there's two teams going to battle, and and both coaches have put their game plan in place, and both teams are trying to execute what he wants from you. So. You know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. And like I say, if, if you're the team that stays calm when things around you are going crazy or or you're doing enough to get yourself over the line, then, yeah, you don't need to have the, the massive highs, massive lows. You can keep that consistency, and that's that's the key to uh, to winning. Josh? I've heard about that with um, – uh, I was 
actually heard about it the other day with Brentford, uh, Thomas Frank, the manager there, that, that he's yeah. got the 24-hour rule. So he said to the players, you know, 24 hours off, after the game, basically, and then it's completely done. You know, once that 24 hours is done, um, you, you don't think about that game at all. Is that, is that the way that, that you approach things? Yeah, look, I, I haven't heard that, but I tell, from what you've just said there, like, it makes perfect sense. Um, I guess something I noticed this weekend was we, we had that bad result last week against Perth. Uh, we didn't lose our heads. It wasn't like I was in the change room screaming and shouting and doing a Spanish Inquisition trying to work out whose fault it was. It was more a question of like, how are we doing stats-wise? We, we, we actually spent Tuesday looking at all the things that we're good at, like um, what have we been doing well? So we, we focused on, on all the positives. Uh, and then on the weekend when we, when we did the job against Balcada, when, when we came in and we had our sing-song, it was actually a little bit um, subdued compared to like normal. I think it's because we, we kind of recognised that we were back back doing our jobs and doing what was, was now expected of us. Yeah. You know? How's that worked in terms of changing that culture? Because it's it's a completely different shift to, to get people into the mindset and mentality where you're saying winning is just the norm. Winning is just what we do. We win, we win, we win. And if we win something, then we get to celebrate. Like, how's that? How's that been of a, or how has that worked out for you in terms of getting the players to get that mindset as well? I think like every year when you when you take on a new squad, you, and this is where you manage expectations. Like, you look at what you've got. And some years you might look at the squad and go, right, if we avoid relegation, that's a really good, <laughs> a really good <laughs> result. Uh, and in other years you look at the squad and you think, yeah, we could actually we could actually do some really good things this year. Um, and that's kind of how this year's has um, has panned out for us. Um, so it's probably when we started getting some results, but sorry, when we started getting uh, some draws, but we weren't quite getting the wins. Um, the team is actually after the, ba the Bayswater game. The team in the change room afterwards, we didn't tear into each other, but um, a couple of the senior players stood up and go, you know, we've got to stop doing this. We've got to stop nearly winning. We've got to get beyond that. And, and as soon as the boys started talking with level heads about winning and what what we would need to do to win, it it it, it made apparent sense that. You know that's the that's the attitude we need. So to answer your question, like how do you do that? It, it's progression. It's you don't start out at the start of the season. You've got this checklist of what you're trying to do, how you're trying to mould the team to a certain degree. It's a bit of evolution from from November to January, February. You learn what you learn, and then you get to March, you get to April, get to May, and you learn more. Uh, and so it's been a progression, just the, the understanding the players' psychology that we've got, and and then basically working off the mindsets, helping the mindsets get to where we where we need to be. So where do you reckon this squad you've got now rates uh, in the squads you've had over the last few years? This is definitely the best the best squad that I've had uh, over the last six years with Armadale. Um, and that's not saying the other squads I've had are, are, are bad. It's saying that what this group bring is a lot more roundedness. The chemistry is correct. Um, we've got a really nice balance of, of age and youth. Uh, we've got a really good balance of... Mm players that are willing to fuck the ball off and uh sorry got... sorry 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 <laughs> my bad hey, john o'reilly can do what he wants saw, if I we get the explicit explicit tag for this one i'm happy i saw kel falling asleep I, there so I'd, i thought i'd chuck one in i'd be annoyed if i'd be annoyed up. if we didn't get one <laughs> this actually that sort of brings us quite nicely into i spoke to you just after the sterling game and something that i think a lot of people would be surprised about is you're not a big screamer and shouter in the changing rooms correct you can be uh when uh things aren't happening the right way on the pitch whether that be a player or a decision you can be annoyed about things there and that's when you see you getting animated and vocal yeah. um but but you don't uh, go into you might yell across the pitch because you sort of have to if you want to get your message across and someone's not doing what they're supposed to be but when you go in at half time it's a different story yeah correct like on the, on the sideline i've you know I know Riley. I've got green blood. It's part of the uh, part of the Irish culture. Is that you're passionate. You get you get excited, um, and that's something I've been working on over the years to try and tone down a bit. But some of the linesmen will disagree with that. But um, in the change room, when I'm with the players, uh, especially at half time, especially before games, I'm passionate in how I talk. But I come from a, a family of teachers, my dad, my sisters, my aunts, uncles, all teachers, and they, they always brought me up saying, once you start screaming and shouting, you've got nowhere to go, you know? Mm. At the end of the day, you're just saying words very loudly and, and people just get used to that. So if that's your demeanor, the, the, what you're trying to get across loses its point. Uh, if you're actually quiet and you're more, you're more uh, um, precise in what you're trying to say uh, and you're just focusing on key words or, or just short sentences, the players pick up on that a lot, a lot faster. Um, so to go in a change room and tell people that they're this, they're that, they're not, 
you're not giving them information. I'd rather go in and go, I want you not to lose the ball so much, so move it quicker. I want you to tighten up the spaces you're working in. Now you've just set two, three challenges to the to the players as individuals and as to the group, which can be measured at the end of the game. So, yeah, that that's the that's the mindset behind uh, how to talk to the group. There's no point, no point knocking them down. You just got to be you got to be calm. You got to be calm. Yeah, and since you brought the linesman into it, obviously it's been a huge week uh, where, as you know, we've been quite staunch in our defensive of referees and the way they talk to and treated. I want to be very clear because I don't think I made it clear last week. I'm I'm not talking from an ivory tower or a high horse. Where mm. When I was playing, I was as bad as anyone, and I complained, and you're probably worse than the average. Um, but I, I really believe that, that football is, is at a bit of a crossroads where it needs to go, like, where do we want to go from here? Yeah. Uh, and I think we do need to – and you say you've been working on that um, yeah. hot-headedness. What, what, what are your views on that? Have, have you guys had any discussions about that at the club? No, Has not. anyone told Angel? <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you know what as well? The, the other thing I do want to say is I think there is a big difference between yelling abuse yeah. and, and whinging. I think we can get rid of both of them to a degree. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think I've ever heard you yell abuse at someone, but I've heard you disagree with decisions. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, I'll keep talking, but I'll let you talk. What are your thoughts? No, no, no. I, I, look, I get heated and I raise my voice and if I do chuck in some swear words it's not swear words at someone it's just like I'm using them instead of pauses you know yep, it's, yep. they're just falling <laughs> or full stops you know I just use a swear instead <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean it you know at the end of the day since there's times when I've said something and I'll kind of sit and I'll go and sit down so sometimes you might actually see me after I've lost my head for five minutes I might go and sit down for five or ten and that's me just regathering my thoughts uh, and after the games I, I try not let, to let that you know overcome that the game is now finished. Go say thanks. Go say your thank yous. Go do your handshakes, and then just go away. I've seen the referees out and about, um, just in everyday life, and I have always have time to go and say hello to them, talk to them, see what they're up to. Like at the end of the day, we're all part of the the community. Uh, I, I saw a whole heap of referees sitting in the in the pub after the referee seminar, totally by chance, and I saw them all sitting there. And I, Went and bought them a, a jug of beer and a handful of glasses. Went and put it on the table. And they all turned around, startled, looked at me, and I said, "See, I'm not an asshole." <laughs> well, I tell you, I, tell I you didn't get, get even. I didn't get enough penalties. Yeah, out you, it, yeah. Were you thinking about the decisions that you were going to get on the weekend? Yeah. So I kept the receipt. Yeah, yeah. Now look, uh, I think we want to move on. T- Tommy, you got anything? You're sitting there very quietly, by the way, mate. Very well behaved. You, if you're raising your hand to ask a question, uh, we can't see it. So, is there anything you want to ask or talk to John about? No, I, I, I sort of wanted to just ask John about the way that the, the sort of football and, and the style has, has sort of evolved this season because I think I think there's still a little bit of a lazy trope perhaps around the league that, that Armadale are a direct team. They're a bit of a, a sort of long ball side. But I think those like us who've watched John's side this season, um, the, the, the sort of style of football has really evolved this season. But you've managed to pair that with that sort of Armadale edge that you've retained and that edge particularly at home is something that's really important to you guys and I think we've spoken about that as well John so how do I suppose have you balanced that sort of evolution of your football with maintaining that edge that you, that you do want to keep yeah I think I think like um, you know every every coach has got his philosophy and if a coach had his choice every he'd be able to go out pick his players and, and then just line them up exactly how he wants them to play but I guess with with what's happened this year is with with the group we've we've got a base that we've been building on over the last few years, which a lot of the other teams I've worked with have, have fitted in in around that kind of mould. Whereas this year we've we've picked up players like Abdul uh, Osman, we've got Peter Jacobs or Jacobs as his Jacobs. It's now coming into his own as he as he gets uh, more mature, and you've. You've got also Cherno Bar, you've got Tarek Adder, you've got Gordo Perkins, you know. You've got this whole heap of young lads that come from a different a different train of thought, a different school of, of playing the game. So it's 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 worked out that the front predominantly the front players are the ballers and, and my defence are the no nonsense. So it, it allows me to get my my uh, Irish four four two bread and butter <laughs> football, but it also allows me with these youngsters now to, to bring their YouTube clips I've to been, the game. I've been so impressed with Peter this season. I think more more in the Sterling game than any other game because he was yeah. just he's given an impossible job hiding to nothing d- down to 10 men and you're just going to get the ball occasionally and you just have to do something with it no one's going to help you you figure it out and he was 
the number of times he kept the ball, held it up, and he's not the biggest man greater, out there. Greater chances as well. Yeah, he, he he's he's been unreal, hasn't he? He's he's really grown into into his role with what he does within the team. Like um, several years ago, when he was still playing in the 18s, we invited him over to the to first team to train, and he was so nervous he didn't want to come and train with it. Like <laughs> literally, we were walking across the field, and he said, "Do I have to?" And it's like, <laughs> "No, you don't have to." And he headed back, so he didn't. He wasn't involved for wow. about another season or so. And then even like uh, I think two years ago when we started playing him in the first team, every now and again he'd come over and go, can I, can I jump in with the 20s this week? I'm like, mate, you're a first team. I'm asking to play the 20s. Josh? Uh, but, this, but this year he's, he's absolutely uh, jumped into his role and, and now he's loving it. And every week he's talking about you know what he wants to do next and he's asking us. Like, the guy's now trying to find out more and more about the game. So it's fantastic to see him grow. Was there a lot of competition for Gordon and Tarek's signatures at the start of the year, or, or were they were they sort of diamond in the rough pickups for you? Because they hadn't had, uh, I mean, Tarek had played first team at Forestfield, but they hadn't had right. senior MPL experience before you guys picked them up. Yeah, with 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 those young lads, like uh, a lot of time it's diamond in the rough. Like I know that I'm not out there in the market looking for Calvin Whitney's, Dumfries, you know, Daryl Nichols. They're not they're not in my in my shopping. And I have my shopping centre, you know, I can't get those players. But with the young guys, like, they're, they're all out there. Just clubs are overseeing them because, obviously, we're looking for that instant success. But, like, Gordo, Gordo was spotted by our under-20s. Um, they wanted to sign him for the under-20s the season before, so uh, that was brought to my attention. He had a really good breakout in the um, in the uh, one of the World Cups that was playing here in Perth, and somebody brought him to my attention, so we, we got him down. Uh, Tarek, Tarek had uh, managed to get um, picked up by Perth, um, but they felt that he wasn't ready yet for their first team. And, and, and there was a good discussion. I have a good relationship with Perth, and, and they said, Do we want to take a player on loan? So we're, we're working with Tarek this year as technically as a loan player. Um, whilst he's with Armadale, he's getting plenty of game time and coming through. So what it shows is that, you know, Armadale's a platform for these young lads. You know, it's so many times I get so many players that just knock it back because it's not fashionable to drive out to Armadale. And then they end up playing Div One, etc. But I've got guys that take take the the chance, take the opportunity, and now we're talking about them on a podcast about you know being players that are being recognised in the MPL at the top level of WA football because they took a chance. You that, know, that's what I was going to say. I was going to ask like, no one really talks about your development of youth players. Um, Harry Evans also been one who started off at Armadale, played supremely well as that as that kind of free role that you had him in, and then kind of went to to, to Englewood. And I forget the name, but there was a fullback who came and played for you a couple of years ago. It was superb for a couple of weeks, and then thought of a bit fashionable else to go somewhere else. So like, there's there's this track record that you have of giving players an opportunity, giving them a chance, and getting them playing. But for some strange reason, people don't think that it's fashionable or they don't see you as this coach who's actually developing players. Correct. Like the the, the guys come in and, um, you know, the best example of this is I had a young lad playing for me back in my Shamrock days, which was um, Dan Corbett, who's now um, was at Forest Field and uh, Olympic Kingsway now at Joondalup. And he came along as a young player to, to Shamrock and, and we clashed. But at the same time, we respected each other and then caught up with him there probably about uh, probably about um, six, seven months ago just for a beer, for a catch-up on olden times and that. And he said to me, he goes, do you know what, John? I really appreciate what we were trying to do back in the Shamrock days, but I was just too young to realise what you were trying to do. And now I'm older, I kind of look back and go, oh, I should have done things a little bit differently. You should have taken a little bit more information on board. So it's the old adage, you know, you, you don't know that you're in that learning curve. You don't realise that you're in that, that space. Youth that is wasted on the young. <laughs> They're terrible, aren't they? But uh, yeah, yeah, so look, it's, it's, it's a, few, but a few of the guys have got good people around them, like with Gordo, his family, and, and, and some of his family friends gave him good advice um, to... to to take a chance and, and to knuckle down and, and get involved in a, a team where he will possibly get opportunities. And he's taken that opportunity with both hands. So he's now reaping the benefits while other players who didn't take that chance are now playing in, in Division One, Division Two, and some have dropped down into, into amateurs. So they've kind of let, them, let a moment slip by them. Mm. Now, um, we're going to move on to talk about the results this weekend. Uh, Josh, one more question before we do. Oh, I was just going to ask, do you, do you remember Tarek playing in the, uh, the Asian Cup against us? Did they smash us? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, because he was playing for Afghanistan. <laughs> so, so John and I actually um, actually played together about eight That's months right. ago. John was in goals yeah. for our six side, a five side team in the in the Asian yeah. Cup. Yeah, he did a lot of coaching from goals. I'm not sure. 
He's, yeah. he stopped. John turned up. John turned up to five-a-side casuals once and just couldn't help but coach everybody. Yeah, just couldn't help. <laughs> coach he's nuts for five-a-side casuals, and he's and I'm like, mate, these are randoms who you've never met, and you're trying to literally tell them never that. touched a football before. Mate, what they didn't realize they were all auditioning for Armada. <laughs> well, well, we had um, yeah, yeah. I didn't do a very good job. I, we had we had Usury, who is the the Armadale goalkeeper, playing up front, and he was like. A classic goalkeeper let loose up front. You like, can imagine Usri's goal kicks, but on a five-a-side pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't possible, just smashed it. And it yeah. Three or four of them wound up in the net, and they looked absolutely mint, but yeah, the ones it was a they, large sample size. A few went into Swan River as well. <laughs> All right, we're going to get on to the weekend's action, um, but this is uh, no better place to start than our top-of-the-league uh, clash that involved Dogzo. Dogzo. That'll do. Josh, it's your segment. Take it away. What happened? So, 2-2, uh, injury time in the game, top of the table clash. Red Star have been 2-1 up. Florida have got a goal to make it 2-2, a, a cross shot that went in from Ben Steele. Uh, oh, an- another Konjeski. Another another Konjeski. Yeah, we've had a few recently. Um, Lovely play of advantage as well by the referee. Lovely play advantage. So, so Lat Matiang uh, lops a ball in behind. Looks like it's uh, it's Riley Stevenson, the goalkeeper's ball. All Swallow it up. He comes out. Bailey Brown Montgomery runs in front of him. He spills it. He wraps his arms around Bailey Brown Montgomery. Bailey goes to ground. Referee says, red card. Dogzo. You're gone. Dogzo. Denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. Tommy, yes or no, red card? Yes. <clears throat> Josh, just one oh, word. No. Kalichi. Yeah. What do you mean no? Kalichi. Yes. Sorry. Yes. John. Oh, definitely, hundred percent. I say no as well. Josh, tell us why. I say no because I don't believe it was an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. I think the ball was going away from Brown Montgomery, and it was actually going to get cleared by the ECU defender, and the keepers had a rush of blood to the head and made yep. an absolute meal of it by taking him down. However, penalty, yellow penalty, card, penalty, deliberate foul. Not an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. I, I don't think he has time to get started and get back to the ball and get a clear shot on goal before a defender gets there. Look at these technical dorks who've never played the game, John. They've got no idea. No idea. If you actually look uh, carefully... T- tell us why we're wrong, John. The keeper's got his arms wrapped around him. <laughs> and he, it's a foul. And he could have let go instantly, but just in case he can get to the ball, he throws him in the opposite How direction. How was that not denial of an <laughs> obvious goal-scoring opportunity? Well, we just I'm told just you why. just going to move you to the side, sir. The word is obvious. We just told you why. It's definitely a foul. He's the, the keepers thought he was going to get the ball, panicked and grabbed him, but then... So, so hold on. This man obviously had an opportunity. The ball. This man obviously had an opportunity to turn and at least chase the ball. At least it's challenge not, for you're, the ball. You're, it's not even a case of denial of a certain goal opportunity. It's an obvious goal score opportunity, and that's obviously a chance. No, but if, you, if the referee deems that the defenders would have got there and whether... That, no, you can shake your head all you want, but this, that's the law. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm shaking my head at the idea of him going, okay, I think this person's going to get there. I'm not too sure if this person's going to get there, but this is an obvious opportunity here. And again, it's, it's, it's the idea of the pursuit of happiness where it's like, hey, you can chase it. You may never get happiness, but it's the pursuit of happiness. It's the opportunity to score, not the certainty to score. This is Correct. the weirdest. No, I agree. I okay, because mm. he took his opportunity to challenge for that ball by sending it by throwing him in the opposite direction. If he had just let go and they'd both gone for the ball, then he hasn't stopped his opportunity. But there, there is going to be a point though. Like if the ball ricocheted out ten yards away, if the goalkeeper caught the ball in the first place, but the, well, but then he that's never would have fouled the, it. That's, that's what I mean. Like so. You, okay, like, well then let's not talk about it. What, can, what's, can I? Can I? Can I sort of just say, onto your point, Sean? Thanks, um, Tommy. My, yeah. my issue was it was that there wasn't a play on the ball from the goalkeeper. Now, if the goalkeeper had slid in, yep. So to try and play the ball, then then I, I can perhaps see your point that that's a yellow card because he's made a play on the ball. But if he's grabbed the opponent, then surely that's not a play on the ball. No, but so so as as Josh said, uh, it's it's de- it's a yellow card for definitely a yellow card for an intentional foul and uh, for. You know he hasn't made a, a footballing move. It's a penalty. So, so if you if you deem that uh, Bailey Brown Montgomery is going to get there first, it's a red card. If the referee deems that the defender's getting there first, it's a yellow card and a penalty. I, I don't know. I don't know if he necessarily. If it's a defender who's in the same position, I'm not sure if he gives a red card in that situation. But because it's the goalkeeper, and you go the goalkeeper is the absolute last man. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I think that's what's made it difficult. And, I mean, this is the thing. We talk about how hard it is for referees every week. But we, we sit here with five of us that watch and live and breathe football every week, and we're split three to two, and the three are wrong. So where do we, <laughs> so, <laughs> so where do we was, go from there? I was, was, was going to say, because every time we do these things, someone gives an alternative opinion to Kalichi, and he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, also, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> now, Tommy, uh, we will move on from the dogs because I think that was the only dogs of the of the round. Were there any others? Oh, as far as I'm aware, there was oh, a red card. Was a red there card. was a red card at, at Gwellup Bayswater. Did anyone see what that was for? Uh, the first one was Tommy Southgate over on the far wing, and he's just gone in quite over uh, quite overzealous on a challenge. Look, from the distance, it, it probably from where the ref was looking, it looked like he's gone in. Possibly feet off the ground, just above the ball, maybe. Yeah. The referee seemed pretty certain, and, and Tommy didn't put up much of an argument. So, so the violent challenge might have been yeah. something. Yeah. In that one. Okay. Well, uh, so Tommy, let's move on. You were at that Florida Red Star game. What can you tell us? I mean, this was a heck of a game. Uh, the first ten minutes was was pretty poor, and, and then Florida got the first penalty, and and it sort of opened up after that. And um, as Josh sort of outlined before, Red Star got two one up, and from that point, it was very hard to see them to see them losing. But um, Florida just seemed to find a way. They, they got a little bit of luck, of course, obviously with with the way that the equaliser came about, and um, and and with the way, obviously that well, we've obviously debated that the winner already, so no need, no need to go back to that. But look, at the end of the day, they found a way to to to, to get the win out of absolutely nowhere, and um, yeah, another important contribution from Lart Matiang. He obviously. Um, got the goal to make it two-one against Perth a few weeks ago. You might mm. remember, and uh, yeah, he's he's come up big with another winner this week, I've, albeit from the spot. So I've never seen the a, four points that they're clear at the top at the moment. I've never seen a club that is more able to get a win out of nowhere and also more able to get a loss out of nowhere than Florida <laughs> Athena. What what? How do they do it? The curse they, is lifting. They are the most. Well, it seems like it's lifting, and then it's back the next week. They are definitely the most unpredictable club, I'd say. In the MPL, there's others that, I mean, Coburn I've seen a lot of recently and, and they're almost too predictable in that if they're playing anyone other than the top two or three teams, then they don't turn up. And then if they're going to play top of the league, Floriot, they'll <laughs> roll them over 3-0. Like, yeah, or, or the big the big games they all turn up for and then the yeah the, the rest, they're, they're, they're so up and down. But you can predict that. Floriot, I have no idea what Floriot's going to turn I up have, each week. I, I have to add as well that, that Jason Saldaris was absolutely oh, brilliant on the weekend saves. as well. He made, yeah. he made two or three absolutely top draw saves and... And that was also a big factor for them, uh, for them getting the three points. Because if Red Star get a third um, after Chockdoor made it two-one, then they're probably home safe, I think, in that game. But um, yeah, as it stands, Florida have, have got a little bit of a gap on the rest now. It's very tightly bunched behind them. Florida have played a game more than a couple of the chases, but uh, yeah, it's. It's an incredible season, really. Well, yeah, well, we're the gonna way, the way that it's shaping up. We're gonna roll through the rest of the results so uh, John can go home. We know he, he's probably got jobs to do at home and, and not football related. But uh, I, I mentioned Coburn. I was down at the there at the weekend. They lost two one to Inglewood. Um, a couple of goals from your man Manasseh Abendelwa again, Kalichi. Uh, first, Anthony Scorich tapped in the back post early, and then. Straight up, straight up, straight up. Oh, I was Ivan. It was, you're right. You're absolutely right. It was Ivan. Anthony came on. Do, do you want to join the podcast? Anthony, mate, you can take my job. <laughs> uh, I don't want yours, but you can take mine. Uh, Anthony actually came on later and I said it's a like for like uh, sub one scorch for another. So that was my call of the weekend. Um, I, I, th- I thought the best part of the call was after that goal, uh, Daniel Robinson was heckling you. <laughs> yeah. from the side, and you're talking to him on the commentary. And then Manasseh Abandelwa scores like, while you were still talking to. <laughs> Literally, their one goal up. Up and Daniel's there, and I've got the headset on. Normally we just have a mic, but the uh, Rowan um, had, had his headset there, and uh, Daniel's just talking to me, and I'm like, I can't. Sorry, I'm, I'm just. I've got Daniel Robinson here trying to say something. I can't hear Daniel. What are you saying? Because they were one 0 up at this time, and he says, "We're up because I'm not playing." And I was like, "That's probably ch- well." Hang on a minute. <laughs> no, it's one one. <laughs> twelve so, twelve seconds, I think. Twelve seconds. Wow. And then uh, another uh, quick counter attack. Um, Chad Nielsen, uh, the ex footy boy. Uh, Armadale boy as well. Yeah, uh, both those players saw uh, uh, Ex Armadale. Uh, Manasseh as well. Manasseh as well. Yeah. Yep. Plucked him out of the under twenty or under twenties at uh, ECU. Came on, put in a fantastic first half of the season. Went to Florian, and then he uh, he shot off overseas. I think Germany. He went over to Germany and did a stint over there. So Jeez, he's had a, a, a fantastic uh, is there, rise. Is there, to is there anyone start. that you haven't like <laughs> start their career coming through? Nah, a aside, 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 aside from me, <laughs> have, have you have you have you thought of a career as a player agent? 
I'm thinking about it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe down the track. <laughs> so that so that ended two one uh, Inglewood uh, Sorrento Perth was a one one draw. Uh, did anyone catch Glory Sterling on Friday night? Sterling just getting the kind of win that seems like the only kind of win they can get at the moment, a 1-0 against the Glory. You see any of that, Tommy? No, I didn't. Um, well, if Tommy didn't, then don't worry about it. No one else would have. Bayswater, Guell up, um, was a 3-2 uh, late, late, late winner. Uh, if you haven't seen it, get on the um, get on MPL.tv and have a look at the last goal for Bayswater. We were um, was that just, Hesketh? We were just watching it before. I don't know yet, but it, Hesketh, um, Hesketh was credited with the goal. It's headed straight up in confusing. the air. It comes down. There's a scrap. It's headed back up by an attacker. It comes. We we uh, just noticed, or Josh just noticed, the eagle-eyed Josh. As it's coming to the defender who's just behind the line, it skims off the crossbar. It looks up, like it. Yeah, up off his head. Onto the crossbar again, back off his shoulder and out. So there's, at there's, some point, there's like there's like so much more going on though. It's it's one of those. It's like an abstract. It's like a Picasso. Yeah, we can't describe it. You everywhere. watch it. You you go and watch there's it. This, there's this shinned volley from Costa Sparta that gets cleared off the line to start it off, and uh, I think he flies in and he like whiffs it on the way in. He could have made it a certain goal, but the referee gives it anyway. It's it's crazy stuff. Yeah, it it was a mad one. Uh, any other scores that I missed? We had Three well, of course, Balcata Armadale. You can give us a quick wrap up on that one, John. How was that? How did that game go? And how good is Peter? <laughs> well, the game the game itself, like we we went into that one. Um, I wouldn't say nervous, but we were mindful that uh, um, Balcata's brought in a lot of a lot of new signings, a lot of um, experience too. A lot of experience. Uh, I have to admit, Tongi was probably one of their best players on the day. Like he was at the back, clearing clearing uh, the danger, the aerial danger, is scoring goals. Free kick, free kick was screamers <laughs> against. Absolutely us. mint, wasn't it? He even, he even had time to give me some banter on the sideline in between being their, their best player. So like, lots that's of not us, what you expect. That's not what we expected at the start there. of the week. That Tongi's banging in a free <laughs> kick. Tongi's banging in free. Man, he was probably the only player I wasn't telling the boys to worry about but no he, a lot of respect to Tommy he's done a great job but um yeah guys um got back to winning ways and uh I think um we were patient um Balcada had a little bit of uh enthusiasm and, and, and urgency to get the ball into our half and, and try and pin us back and uh, left us a little bit of space behind and they probably didn't realize the pace of Gordo and um and Peter on the wide areas and we were able to exploit that a couple of times and can I just say Angel had the worst touch I've ever seen <laughs> that he then turned into one of the best goals I've ever seen. So you only get a glimpse of it on the highlight reel with the with the MPL um, footage, but the ball's coming over over the top of Tongi and he's taking his first touch and he's taking him right out to a corner. And <laughs> he was followed out by by Nelly and next thing you know he's decided to run along the byline. Yeah, he, he does a shimmy. handful of step overs, beats Nelly. <laughs> I was going to say, that goal was something yeah, else. Yeah, he runs at Tongi, he pretends to go to the right, Tongi steps right, and then he, Angel goes left, and then he fakes it to the keeper, keeper steps right, he puts it to his left, it's just a super... It's very, very few players in the league that are as good to watch with the ball at their feet as, as Angel, yeah. he's just... Yeah. He, you, one of those players can always create something out of nothing, and yeah, he's... Uh, Fantastic. Look, we've got to get moving on. We've got the women's uh, stuff coming up in part two. Let's um, wrap up. We've got a couple of questions we'll just ask you before you go. Obviously, the most important one is uh, Hunger Games, uh, Twilight or Harry Potter? I will say Hunger Games. Whoa, that's a rare shout. There we go. Hunger Games gets a shout. And and then just give us a quick um, couple of minutes on... This Australia Cup match coming up now. Do you have the the date uh, that it's before you even do that? I was saying to the boys, would you guys prefer an uh, an A League team or an away trip? And I've always said it was an away trip. So again, obviously it's the fiftieth anniversary. It's going to be under the lights. Going to be Armadale. It's going to be an amazing atmosphere. But would you have would you have preferred the away trip? Made the lad in me says away trip. <laughs> All day. <laughs> the, ma- the married man says no. <laughs> no, the missus, the missus had given me the green light to go away. So, like, she, is, she probably had something planned as well. So that's been ruined. But, um, no, myself and all the boys, there's a few of us that have done the trip to Cairns and to the Queensland, uh, myself, Angel, Sam Hutch, etc. So we're all eager for that. But I guess the, the second best is actually not the, not the A-League team at home, but actually getting a team at home that you feel that you've got a really strong chance of, of competing with them. Which and, is what you got. Yeah, and, and well, strange enough, we actually had Monbury Jess, like we, we'd 
highlighted four teams that we wanted to play away, uh, and Modbury Jets was one of the teams that we wanted to play away. So to yep. get them at the Skeet with 500, hopefully 600. And it, w- it will be at Alfred Skeet? It's it's getting all signed off tonight. We're getting in, oh, the, We're getting in the security. We're filling the bar. I'll be coming down for well, the famous I will, curry. I will it's, be uh, there for is that, that. Is that you, sure. Tommy? <laughs> Tommy's excited. I was giving a round of a- I, I was a round of applause. Because that's, well, that's, that's what the cup's all about, isn't it? It's all about magic of the games cup. out to the, suburb, to the suburban grounds. And it's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a wonderful achievement for the cop if you have managed to get that over yeah, the line. The way it came through the phone, it sounded like Tommy was like banging his table in excitement with a couple <laughs> yeah. of drumsticks. He was so keen for it. The, yeah, I think we all are. It's, it's going to be absolutely massive. Um, so, the, so the question I, I was going to ask was when is that game do you have the the date confirmed yet at the moment we're looking at um the 21st of july with yep. the cup then on the 24th of july so we and have got three massive days uh, ahead of us at the end of this month and there's no i know coburn have been trying to lobby to maybe get that final moved where do you guys no sit chance. on that you, <laughs> you're mad <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, but yeah, you, we're just going to move one game out of a whole day of fixtures for what reason yeah, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> can I ask? I, well, I, in a way, to the other side of the country, I, no, I, I would, on, I, I would Back say, what, what if, what if you guys had an away trip three days before, and they were three days after? Would you, would you think about it then? Mate, you just suck it up and play. You know, we got, <laughs> mate, we got forty-year-olds that are like doing a sixty-five-hour turnaround to prepare for a cup final. Like if. if Coburn are afraid of that. Come on, lads. Yeah, <laughs> come so, on, so, Robbo. <laughs> so, so to me, to me, the uh, not not necessarily in defence of Coburn, but I would think that for both teams to to be able to have a yes. bit of time to prepare for that, that is going to be the bigger the cup final. Do you think the cup finals as big as the Australia Cup? Probably not. Uh, yes and no. Look, at the end of the day, right? This, and you've got to look at the perspective that we're looking at from. This is Armadale. We're, we're, we're one 90 minutes away from potentially another piece of silverware. And then you've got the round of 32, which has its prestige. You've got the potential of going into a round of 16. But you don't get a medal for that. You don't get your your, your domestic uh, recognition for that. So for me, for, for, for the club, I want to get as many accolades in my time I'm at that club so they can be proud of what we've achieved in the last few years. If we can get around a 16 chucked in as well, then yeah, we'll take that as well. well it's the furthest, there's one, is it only Sorrento's been to the round of 16? Correct. Is that yeah. correct? Mm. Yeah. So that's sure, I mean, that's not a trophy, but it's it's almost, you, you are making history. You're making history, but you know, players players feel like they need to pick up medals and uh, and trophies to, to kind of measure their career. And I don't see why that's that's such a bad thing. So like, I'm totally behind trying to get that, that, that second trophy under our belt. And um, yeah, the cup run has always been... Uh, to get into the round of 32 is, is, is going to be the cream, you know? Well, you've already gone further in the cup than uh, Perth Glory as well. Correct, <laughs> correct. <laughs> All and, right. And can I say, I'm looking forward to, to this round because like, last time when we when we went over there, um, and I mentioned this to Kel to remind me there earlier on with, with Jared Gillett, like that that sending off um, another dog's eye for you guys. Yeah. Discuss a later date. As, yeah, we, we felt at the time that was really hard done by. And the only regret I had from the last round of 32 is we didn't get to compete for 90 minutes so mm. I didn't think I'd get this opportunity again so um, yeah I'm thrilled to have another another crack at it well we are all looking forward to it I can't wait for that big three days albeit both of them uh, of course oh actually when are they? Uh, 21 and 24 okay I'll be at 21 24 I'm going to be flying out to Canada so uh, I won't be nice. here for that one but Would I'll you rather be at an Armadale Cup final or fly to Canada Canada <sighs> <laughs> he's gone John's out the door we've, we've got the name of the title we've got the title of this episode would you rather be at an Armadale Cup final or fly to Canada yeah it's a good question it really depends on where your loyalties lie look uh, John thank you again so much for coming in it's been a huge part one it's probably been our biggest part one ever certainly in terms of duration um, we're going to wrap up with a bit of women's chat after this uh, but thank you so much John we really appreciate you coming thank you very much guys really enjoyed it cheers all right, we'll be back after this with part two. Tommy, you can probably say goodbye as well. You've got some EOFI stuff, you were saying? Oh, well, I've been busy working on them funny on Julia stuff, but um, I'm home now, so all good fellas. See you oh, next week. Oh, Enjoy the rest all of the right. All right, see you, mate. Oh, Tommy's good. <laughs> we'll be back after this with part two. And before we jump into part two, that was an absolutely exhausting part one. We're just going to take a quick break, just for the duration, not because I didn't enjoy it, Josh. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, we've got to take a break and talk about our sponsor, soon-to-be sponsors. 
Yes. Alicio Sunwa. We're working in the midst and we've got another sponsor. It's uh, yet to be announced. This we'll, is exciting. We'll get, it, we'll get it sent out as soon as we can, but I will tell you, it'll be a ball. Okay. That sounded a lot better in my mind. Very good. Very cryptic, yeah. Uh, We do want to thank Macron, of course. Do you want to have another go at saying grassroots where again, Kalichi? The problem is the grassroots individuals need to help. I don't know, man. I could have done that a lot better last week. Yeah, you could have. But now you've got a chance to do it all over again. Why is Macron so good? Macron is superb because a couple of reasons. One, they're working in the community. So everyone thinks of them as a huge brand in terms of people who sponsor um, AFL teams and, of course, the Perth Glory, but they also not only do a lot at those grassroots levels. They do a lot of the grassroots levels, especially, for example, one of the kits that they've got are at South Perth, and South Perth are an awesome club in terms of the infrastructure, the work that they're doing, and the fact that it's a a real good community-based club. The only problem is they're awake. It looks like a Chelsea kit, and um, Leo, I love you, buddy, but you can't be dressing like Chelsea. So you're you're basically, we're doing the ad section for Macron by criticising a Macron kit. Is that no, no, no. We... It's a fantastic kit. It just looks like a Chelsea kit. <laughs> okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure that everyone knows Macron do quality work. That's all we need to say. Quality yeah, work should... throughout the entire community and the grassroots. should say South Perth are absolutely flying at the moment in amateur Division 1, so maybe the kits have given them a bit of power. There you there. go. See, Macron will get you going. Uh, check out the Macron Sports Hub Perth uh, page uh, if you want to talk to them about getting your club kitted out or... Anything else that they do, go and check it out. We'll be back soon with part two after this. And we are back. Part two after You've a got mail. After a bumper, part one, and it looks like You've we've got mail. It looks like we've got some mail to You've go. Got mail. Do it one more time, Kalichi. How many times it What makes you think that I'm doing it? You've got mail. Sorry, Sean. Can I start? You could, you could start. We do have some uh, mail. We've had a lot of mail this week. That's why that was going off so much. Um, a lot of support for the referees. Obviously, we've um, smashed away on that a fair bit. So we won't talk about it too much this week other than to continually say that we do need to treat them better. And uh, I will also mention that I've, I spoke to Matthew Southern before the game on the weekend. He had another fantastic game, as he always does. Spoke a little bit with David Bruce. Um, both of them, obviously, there's not a lot they can say as elite referees in in Perth while the this is going on. The one thing Matthew wanted me to reiterate, whether it's on the commentary or on a podcast, is that the covering up of the respect badge was not just an inflammatory gesture. They do want collaboration. So they want to sit down with governing bodies, with Football West, and they want to talk about a constructive solution. Um, and, yeah, David Bruce said not a lot he can say other than uh, welcoming Kai back to the footballing community with open arms he refereed again on the weekend a week after being allegedly uh king hit so that's fantastic to have him back and uh credit to the governing bodies because we understand that there is a meeting happening this week with sunday league teams referees and um, football west as well to hopefully make sure that we are addressing the situation so excellent so we won't go over all the uh the uh messages that we got but we did get this uh, very nice one from kui I believe that's how you pronounce it, Kui. Uh, I'm very big on my pronunciation, so give us a message and, and let me know how I went. Uh, he said, glad someone's highlighting the terrible behaviour by some players recently. Hopefully you guys can make a big change for local football, starting with Football West. Harsher penalties need to happen. The way people behave on a Sunday or Saturday turn a lot of players away from our game. Couldn't agree more, Kui. Thank you so much for your message. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us and... Um, Send us lots of messages so Kalicha can smash that uh, you've got mail button and annoy the shit out of me, then uh, go ahead. Uh, Perth Football Podcast on Facebook. Uh, anywhere else you can get to us, Kalichi, what's the best way to get in touch? We're on the Facebook. We're on the Instagram. Oh, we've got it all. Well, how's the TikTok going? I refuse to start. But if you <laughs> if you are listening I'm, to this oh. and you want to start TikTok with us, please reach out. You can find me on the I, Facebook. I thought you we've were got footage already. I thought you were going to say you as in me. And I thought, Kalechi, I'm 36. I'm 37 this year. Buddy, I am, I am 32 in Nigeria. And I... I was on the I, feel, ta- I, I was like, on the tail end of Snapchat. I got a bit of, a bit of that, but no. I, I feel like by the time we get around to the TikTok, there's going to be something new. Like TikTok's going to be dying, like Facebook or oh, TikTok Plus. Let's get on it. TikTok Plus. Yeah, start, they probably already got a premium subscription service. Let's get on to the women's action. We had a pretty entertaining round. The one uh, that no one was surprised by. Perth Red Star continuing on their winning ways. They seem just completely unstoppable. Well, well, still, oh, you were, were, you were surprised a bit. 
uh, you were surprised a bit when you first saw the score. I was. Um, so I thought the Impeccables were now peckable. Uh, because I looked up the score, and on Sports TG, our favourite website, Josh, we, 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 love it. we love browsing this this site. So easy to use, it's always up to it's date, fantastic. always accurate. Told me that Balcatta had won 1-0, and I looked this up on, on the Sunday, and I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, how on earth has Tommy Dolman not told me <laughs> that Balcatta beat Perth Red Star 1-0? Um, and then I click on it, go into the match centre, and it's 4-0 Red Star. And I thought, well, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. So I was surprised initially, but only because Sports TG fed me the wrong information for the first time. Yeah, uh, so started on Friday night, Kalichi. You came down with me to, uh, well, I was going to say the campus, but that's one of the campuses, isn't it? Down to Curtin. And uh, we watched a pretty spirited performance from both sides. Curtin looking for their first win of the season. They took the lead. In the first half, uh, it was a very, very rare mistake from Zara Board um, mm. in goal. It sort of crept under her body, didn't it? Who was, apart from that one save, I, I don't think a goal, I've seen a goalkeeper in the men's or women's game this year distribute the ball as well as she did that, that game. Second, her, her distribution in the second <sighs> half was, was Unreal. Super. I don't think she missed a pass. And she was just spraying diagonals. It wasn't like short balls. It was 40-yard diagonals from, from her 18-yard box and, and just finding a target almost every time. Absolutely superb. Uh, and then, yes, yeah, Subi just pushed and pushed in the second half. And they, they were certainly the better team uh, in the second half. And they kept going. They kept going uh, and eventually uh, got the job done. They got a couple of goals. One from the substitute. Um, you were saying, what was her name again? Gomez Basalo. Basalo, that's right. But more like it was a little, little bit difficult for me because I missed the first half. I missed much of the first half as I was uh, getting chips and beverages because Curtin hadn't opened up their uh, their canteen yet and I was wondering how we're going to get this money and give you money and also keep Sean warm because it's, it's it was a really cold night it was frosty and, and the chips help you keep your hands warm so I missed out on, on quite a bit of the first half missed the goal but the second half Albany boys don't care about that though anyway Kalishi. Allegedly. don't have to worry about my <laughs> Ruby my Walsh was superb can we get a word on how good Ruby Walsh oh, was oh jeez absolute He's... calm in the storm yeah we talk about the lighthouse in the storm we talked about that a lot earlier in the year um, regarding the likes of Calvin Whitney and the men's mm. and um, we, we had an example from the women's as well but we've got a brand new example because she was just uh, unbelievable. The, just the close control and the way she can turn and drop the shoulder. One of those players that y- it looks like she's she's under pressure. It looks like there's no way she's going to get out. And then two defenders are all of a sudden gone the other way and she's through. And yeah, just, just nimble, agile, her, superb game. Her spatial awareness is like for someone who was that diminutive, that small, but also playing at centre back at, at, at times towards the end of the game. She just looked like she was moving in slow motion, man. Yeah, she was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, so in the end, do you think a deserved win for Subiaco? I think, I think that second half kind of pulled her away from them. But what I, what I did want to say was it was really cool seeing those two teams, again, like they're towards the bottom end of the table, but you could see the ideas that they're trying to put into the teams in terms of the progressive style of play, in terms of pressing, um, in terms of recycling, fo- recycling the football. And they probably don't get a lot of chances to do that against the best op- opposition at all times so seeing them go at each other and do that I thought it was a really good chance to, to see them actually having like that spe- skeptical of football happening as well it was the defensive performance obviously I've seen the highlights but I haven't seen the, the whole game was the defensive performance better than it was against the NTC for Curtin <laughs> yes Yes, yeah. I mean, it couldn't have been but, worse. I was waiting for Kalichi to answer, and I thought, there's only one answer. Also, the defensive performance for, for them wasn't really that, that much of an issue, right? Because they kept getting just hit trying to play out the back. And, of mm. course, like, like we said to um, like Campbell sent to us, is NTC are designed to play teams who want to play out the back. And so their entire pressing philosophy, the, the entire way that they are structured is – is almost textbook. And if you turn up and do the textbook thing against a team who are like, all right, well, when the center half gets it, I'll press this way from the striker and play to the fullback. Oh, we've intercepted that. That's what that's what really, really killed them. I mean, yeah. the defending uh, wasn't that great. but It was a particularly shambolic, you know, with balls in the box and just players, it, no, not for lack of, like, skill or desire, but just total lack of communication. No one stepping mm. out to take balls when they were just, yeah, needed to be done. And, Anyway, I, I also do want to say uh, Dakota Van Vacht. I talked to her before the game, and she told me I wasn't allowed to uh, pronounce her name Dakota Van Vacht because apparently <laughs> it sounds like something else, and she wanted me to go with 
Dakota Van Voot. So I wanted to say it properly for any Dutch uh, football fans that were watching on Friday night, uh, Curtin v. Subiaco. What did she say were, it sounded like? And were furious. Oh, she didn't say what it sounded like. She said it sounds like and then uh, just erupted into laughter. She just, uh, she, which she just spontaneously combusted into laughter after that. Van Vacht. Yeah, sounds Van, Van like... Van Vacht sounds like you've just been trucked. It sounds like you're lurking in the Kirken. <laughs> All of our Dutch fans there. <laughs> sure. All right, let's get the other scores up. What were the other scores in the women's game? Obviously, Sunday, I was down at uh, Perth Soccer Club versus Murdoch University, Melville. If you want to see a backs-to-the-wall defending against uh, a team who... Bo- actually, both teams had three players on the bench... Both of uh, all three of Murdoch uh, University Melville's uh, substitutes played in the game before. There were players dropping like flies, outs all over the place. Um, I'd heard a few stories of uh, throwing up in change rooms and things at half time because uh, some sort of bug. Yeah, going, like a bug was going around. Bug the going team, around. Is that right? Uh, but I think both of them, like both both teams, had had players that were sick. Uh, I assume had done their uh, rat tests and were not uh, positive for COVID. Mm. Um, but yeah, a lot of sickness uh, and and a lot of players that you could just see were out on their feet from both sides. So it was just the most backs to the wall. Uh, so Murdoch got a very fortunate. Uh, I wouldn't say fortunate goal because the the creation of the goal was great. It was a really good cross. It was a great cross and a good header as well. Like off off the underside of the crossbar, uh, came back off Rebecca Bennett, who wouldn't speak to us after the game because she said, "I scored the only goal of the game. I'm just, I'm going to start swearing and yelling at you." So <laughs> like no, which fair enough. I, I said to her, "I'll grab her after a win." And um, yeah, you don't you don't chalk those. <laughs> I, although it, it goes was, on the score. It was score not sheet her as fault. A, yeah, yeah. It, it at, goes on the score sheet as a goalkeeper's own goal, but I don't think you actually no, really credit. No it. one blames her. Rebecca for that. Rebecca, if you're listening, it was... It's, it's not, not your fault. fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. You can tell how, how close your friends were <laughs> I mentioned that right away. Goodwill hunting. But um, we, I mean, for those who haven't seen the videos... Um, how are you going to say for those that haven't seen Goodwill hunting? That, how, was, <laughs> that was the moment in the movie where... Uh, how good was Monique's performance? Oh, Monique Todd. Yeah. Oh my word! So first half had had a few this saves is to the make. The Murdoch keeper. Yeah, just just all hit straight at a very easy afternoon. And I was I was saying Perth just need to do more. They they're getting there. The final ball's not there. They're not really creating any chances. Any that they are are just getting scuffed straight to straight to Monique. And then second half, they uh, Peter Rakic was ringing the changes. He swapped wingers. He pushed his centre half up to number ten or to striker. Um, Jess Byrne came on at the end. She came into centre half. To, yeah, to, to release um, the, the, the skipper forward uh, to create a bit more and, and just players moving all over the place. Um, and I said to, to Luke Thompson, the Murdoch coach afterwards, it's like, I, I don't know how you were keeping track of where the players are. And he said, mate, when you're in a block like where we're defending like where we're, it doesn't matter where the players are. <laughs> you just defend. You just kick that ball when it comes to you. Uh, but that's, that's what it was literally for the last half an hour, Perth just banging on the door and produced, I think, two or three really top-class saves from Monique, and then another another few times when she had to be big. She came out really quickly for a one-on-one first half, and absolutely player of the game. Not not even a question of that in my mind. You know your performance is great when Tracy Wheeler writes us about you. Oh. So proud of Monique's performance, especially being so unwell. Also a super gutsy effort from by all the girls today, with quite a few... Not not really fit to play with illness. Not the result we expected. Like that is some praise. When when Tracy Wheeler's saying, "Hey, you were you were superb." The Tracy Wheeler giving you that sort of credit. Yep, absolutely. Uh, what else did we have? Fremantle NTC one one. Bit of a shocker that result. Yeah, oh, they they drew the last game against them. Yeah, cop that, Kalichi. Yeah, two two draws. I think in both games they played. Was that a shock as well? Uh, I think NTC, I think NTC may have been two 0 up in that game as well. The, the first one round at their home ground. So, I think you've got to say about NTC is they've actually picked up some really good results against really strong teams. I think clearly Red Star is sort of the one matchup where they've really been overpowered. They've been hammered a couple times against them. But if you look across, and, and I think people probably came to the season thinking this NTC team is maybe not as strong as the one last year and maybe the year before, but they picked up some sensational results. I mean, those two wins they've had against Perth, and you look at how close Perth ran Perth Red Star, mm. um, and, and you've got to give credit to the NTC players, especially given it's a very young squad this year. Yeah. They, uh, they've, 
I feel like I've said it a thousand times. They they are a very, very talented squad. They always are every year. They can turn up and beat anyone. Um, and then, obviously, like the wheels can fall off as well. It's I, I absolutely love going to see the NTC team more than anyone just because of that fact. Like, you don't know what you're going to get, but when it clicks, they're just... They play the best football. I still think that Perth NTC game that we were at earlier in the year was one of the most entertaining games I've I've seen all year. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, sensational. You can always go, go back and listen to it for your, your classic commentary on uh, Louise Tarner's uh, equalising goal as well. Oh, my word. It's Tarner. Yeah, I, I did do a good job on that. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was more trying to imitate the mother. I'll give myself. Oh, the mother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the... Uh, yeah, she... she you've you've said it wrong. I didn't say... I said Tanner, didn't I? I, I think... um. Uh, and I think she was involved in the uh, in the goal as well this week. What her mum again? Not the mum, no, the player. Um, but but it also came from uh, from pressing again the same way in the, the same way in that Perth game. Sorry, I'm get sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm gone. I'm trying to think. Loves talking about. I'm trying to think me. about what's the title going to be for this episode, and he's just like not the mum. Like, oh, that's perfect. Like this, these. Sorry, the mum of the player. That's going to be flying to Canada. Oh, we'll figure that out later. Uh, the, anyway, the, the, anyway. Uh, the table looks much the same at the top spot. Perth Red Star a million points ahead of second place Fremantle City. But the excitement comes fourth and fifth now is just two points between Balcatta and the NTC. And Murdoch, just a couple of points further back on 15. Um, Murdoch University Melville, the team that I always cannot decide how to pronounce the name. Saying Mum FC every time just sounds a bit silly. Saying I think Murdoch most people say excludes mum. Melville. Maybe I could, yeah, but then when you say uh, it's been a good performance for Mum, what have you that, got against Mum, Sean? What am, I have nothing against Mum's die fry. If you're listening, <laughs> as she does every week because she's a supportive Mum. Does your Mum listen to the podcast? Let's not get into this fight. Um, my mum's at church, sure. You know exactly <laughs> my mum is. On a Monday night exactly. at 8 o'clock. <laughs> my mum's my knitting. <laughs> well, uh, I need to uh, get home to my dog mum, Madeline, uh, who's at home looking after our little rat bags. Um, so let's round this up. Uh, final few, next few games of the season are huge for mum. Uh, because they <laughs> just see it just sounds wrong. The next few games of the season are huge for Mum FC because they're playing basically everyone in the the bottom four with them. And I was talking to Luke after the game, and and he's basically was basically saying this was that was a free three points. They did opportunities. They, they didn't necessarily expect coming up. to win against Perth. They dogged it out, and and that's a, that's a real bonus, and that gives them a chance playing all the bottom teams. They could be in the top four in in three or four weeks, and it is a club with just it's there's a, the performance encapsulates what what that club's all about. Mate, they could be a point behind by next week. Exactly, they're playing, they're they, playing Subiaco and Balcata have Perth. They fight, they fight, they fight, and and that is you know when they won the league last year. It, obviously, all the players are gone. I think uh, our good friend of the pod, Rosalie, uh, was on uh, Facebook saying, this is what the club's all about. Lots of players might have changed, but the spirit doesn't change. And she's right. It, it is a club that that will always fight, and they really, really battled out for that win and could find themselves in the top four come the end of the year. NTC is always going to be interesting as well, whether they'll be there or thereabouts. And we know that someone can knock off Perth Red Star because... Perth put in a really dogged performance against them. There is still silverware to play for for anyone that can get in that top four. And there's also the uh, the bragging rights of being the only team or one of the only teams that, that beats the Impeccables. The, as, uh, yeah, as, the Impeccables, yeah. As Sean, I don't know if that one will stick. Still not peckable yet. I thought they were, but they're not. Uh, the, the men's table. Yeah, I was going to ask about the men's table. Florida we didn't go have, through that before. Florida have opened up a little gap, haven't they, with that big late Dogzo win. Is it five points um, now? I think it's four. Um, if if Kalichi would uh, sort of get a move on with his um, producer work, um, he's he's only navigating the easiest to navigate website <laughs> in uh, in all of world football. Yeah, we've we've already we've already <laughs> spoken about how much we enjoy navigating. We love the it. sports TG. Florida are four points clear of four Bayswater, points. who are one point clear of Red Star, uh, then three points further down to Sorrento. So you would think at this stage, oh, I mean anything can happen. I keep I keep saying the way teams are just playing silly buggers up the top. No one seems to want to put a, a good run of form together. We've said we had four league leaders in four weeks last week. Now Florida have uh, got back on top. Red Star have a game in hand. If they win that, it's back to two points. So, oh, I mean, th- throw a blanket over them. Who's your, who's your pick from here, Josh? Oh, I'd, I think I'd like to say... Three, 
two, I'd say Floriot, just because they, they seem to be nutting out the results just at the moment. Congrats, Floriot. You're going to go on a losing streak. You forgot about the curse. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, oh, so we're not even t- we're talking not about the Floriot curse now. We're talking about the Perth Football Podcast curse oh, that Kalichi likes telling everyone about. I keep telling Kalichi not to tell people that when we're, when we're at games. Sorry, Armadale. <laughs> You are you're, you're stuffed now that the big man's coming with us. Uh, Kalichi, sticking with Bayswater? Uh, sticking with Bayswater. I'll stick with Floriot. Uh, that's all we got time for, I think. Uh, we, can, well, we can wrap up with the big, big news that uh, Manchester United have signed their marquee target. Have you heard about this? No, John, Christian Eriksen on his way to Manchester United to solve all their problems. Wait, they've actually signed Christian Eriksen? Uh, that was what I was hearing. That's uh, who we'll did you hear that from? Put it in the rumor file. Fabrizio um, sent me a text. Fabrizio Romano. Yeah, he just he said I think this one's a done deal, Sean. Is that what we're calling Robbie Anderson now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I uh, David Ornstein, I think released it. Christian Eriksen verbally agreed to join Manchester United as a free agent. The thirty-year-old. He's only thirty years old, so it might not be a terrible move. But he should have stayed at Brentford. Yeah, I think so. More chance of Champions League football next year, probably. That's a dig. That's a dig. Uh, get your digs in for football podcast. Send a like, rate, subscribe, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the podcast app, wherever you get them. Put in a five-star review. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Uh, you can always tell Kalichi personally as well if you ever see him in the street. <laughs> if you or, see me in the street, <laughs> please don't come and talk to if, me. If you, see, if you see him at a game and you've been cursed by Kalichi and the Perth Football Podcast curse, you know, I, you know what? I listened to the episode that I wasn't here, and there was the point where Kalichi was saying about how Chris Grant could come and punch him in the head. And, and he wouldn't know who he was. And he wouldn't yeah. know who he was and be, why is this person punching me in the head? And I, and I really wanted to say, I was yelling at the radio. I was like, why do you need to get strangers in? Kalichi, if you want someone to punch in the face, we'll do it. <laughs> we will do it for you. Friends, uh, everybody. Friends. Oh, now we love you truly. Don't worry about that. We love all of you too, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in again, Josh. Thank you very much for having me, guys. The greatest man in the world, after Kalichi. We should be careful. We should be kind of each other while we still can. Love, live, and learn. See you later, boys and girls. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.